Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on today's podcast. Why traditionally are tabernacles made out of gold? Basically because they house the presence of God. It's almost like a duh moment, right? In that same way, shouldn't everything that surrounds our masses be made of gold? And by that, I mean this quality of greatness, this striving for excellence, because the message itself deserves it. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast. I hope and pray that you're finding our weekly content worthwhile as we seek to grow this ministry and reach as many pilgrims in the body of Christ as we possibly can. Please subscribe. Don't miss a single Spirit-Filled Media release. Now, let's pick up part two of our conversation with dynamic speaker David Calavita in talking about what we can do as a church to lay out the welcome mat to the young adults in our midst and to meet them right where they are. As we begin, we'll hear from Deacon's co-host, Katie Hughes, talking about some of the best ways to come alongside. We start, we were talking about um, being welcoming, um, inviting, loving sharing the love of Jesus. And once the, their hearts are captured by the love of Jesus, it's really important to share with them and impart on them the knowledge that now that you're closer to Jesus, you have a responsibility, a bigger one. And your responsibility is to be Christ-like in your life. And that's living in the Spirit. You can't live two sides. You can't live in the world and in the life in the Spirit. And as far as that is, you have to tell them the truth. What are we supposed to do to live like Jesus? How are we supposed to behave? What is our faith? What is our teaching? Where does our mask come from? What What is this foundation that we believe in? You have you have the surface. You, you need a very strong foundation to give them, to armor them for the future so that they can be evangelizers for the rest of their life. My brothers and sisters, we're here at Christ Cathedral talking about a very important subject of of young adults and how we can better get them involved in the church through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, meeting them where they're at, welcoming them, but not watering down the gospel message, David. You know, the reality is I've been involved in uh, marriage preparation as a deacon for many years. Almost everybody I see as couples either have or are currently living together. Mm. And they don't think anything's wrong with that. Right. Whatever happened to sin, you know, I don't want to get back to the the fire and brimstone type right. thing. But the reality is Jesus is pretty clear in his scriptures and very clear about the fact of the matter is, is that we can't water down and pick and choose right. as a cafeteria what we think is the right thing to do and your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we approach young adults or anyone for that matter in terms of the gospel message and evangelizing them, sin has to be in that in that conversation. And it, the reality is, is like we all know whether you were faithful churchgoers or not. We we all 
are under the burden of this thing. Like maybe they can't quantify it as sin. Maybe they don't label it as such, but, but they know that when they do that thing or they're involved in that relationship, that there's just a sense of shame or guilt and everyone by default wants to be free from that. Right. I mean, again, whether we can put it into a word or not, we want to be free from it. And so as we craft the way we speak and and evangelize to young adults, we need to be aware of that. Not just, you know, throwing a bunch of church teaching, but bringing that church teaching to that ache in their heart that longs for freedom. And that's where the gospel is. You know what I mean? Bring them there. And, And I think freedom from sin is a very, very attractive aspect of the gospel. We want freedom. We want, want that life that gospel offers us. My brothers and sisters, one of the things that I want to share with you is the road to Emmaus. So take a look and and get out your Bible again to Luke 24 uh, and take a look and, and, and start reading at verse 13. I'm not going to read it all here. But when Jesus is on this road and talking to these people that were downcast and he began quoting scripture and one scripture after another and then he disappeared but their eyes were open they recognized him and they said to each other were not our hearts burning within us when he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters i want to just share with you very very important is jesus did not water anything down he quoted the scriptures and then their eyes were open So many young adults leave the church Mm. and go to our Protestant churches that do nothing but preach the gospel and preach scripture, Mm -hmm. and they act as if they hear it for the first time. I mean, obviously, they hear it at every Mass, but the difference is the way it happens Mm -hmm. and the importance of learning about the Bible. We take this, unfortunately, as an option. I feel very passionate about this. It is not an option. You have got to understand what is in the Word of God. You know, that doesn't diminish the sacramental church. It doesn't diminish anything. But remember, the Mass is 50% the Word of God and 50% the Eucharist, because Jesus is the Word. Your thoughts, David? No, absolutely. Uh, St. Jerome, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. And if we are going to tell anyone about Christ, the question is, do we really know Him? You know, are are we ourselves being immersed in the Word? Or do we have a a relationship with that, that, that living Word of God? And if they see it in us, one, we have an, hopefully a better ground to effectively communicate the gospel, like you were mentioning with the Protestant churches, who that's the first time they think they're hearing the gospel, right? But but two, like they see the the power that these aren't just words about God. This is the word of God. And if they see the power in your life and how it brings you hope and how there's healing and how there's there's a just authentic conversion on a daily basis through scripture in your life, that's again, we want freedom from sin. We want the fullness of life. We're, we're created to be fully alive. And if they see that in you because of your relationship with God and the word, that's going to be contagious. It's going to raise that thirst in them. Katie, what do you tell people? Because this is what I hear all the time. Well, I just don't have that gift. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you can always ask for the gift. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, For me, I think I started really listening to scripture was more recently as far as how not just I knew it was in the Bible and I knew it was in our mass, but I don't think I really saw it fully and um, attractively until I started seeing it in music. When I started listening only to Christian music, I realized like, 
you know, that that's in the Bible. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. Even some songs we hear at Mass, Yahweh, I know you are near, or do not be afraid. You start to realize, like, there is so much scripture in the Mass. And also finding a good uh, Bible study. And maybe it's not going to one, but maybe it's listening to one. And that's where I found it was listening to certain speakers. And it was a Catholic one. And so I felt safe. Mm-hmm. I said, I know it's not going to stray. And the person was of the church and of the Lord. And what I was hearing from their perspective and then listening to other speakers, getting different perspectives, the Catholic viewpoint, but from different people, I was really able to understand so much more about the mass I started really understanding revelation and not being afraid of it and realizing that was the mass and and the beauty of the mass and the beauty of the Eucharist and um, I just started to live it more I want you know you just the more you fill yourself with uh, scripture and um, the music and um, the mass you don't have space for anything else but the Lord. And for me, that's what keeps me on the right road. I'm not perfect, but it keeps me on the right road. This is Deacon Steve Greco here on Empowered by the Spirit at beautiful Christ Cathedral. David, you've talked about method and message, and you've mentioned that the gospel is the greatest thing to ever be communicated. Do we treat it as such with our methods? What do you mean by that, and how does that relate to young adults? Yeah, well, um, again, kind of touching on that, that fight between mediocrity and greatness. Right, the, the greatness of our church is truth, the greatness of the gospel, and our struggle in really uh, often settling for mediocrity in the way we present it. And, and I think in, in terms of that method and message, again, if we're talking about the new evangelization, those words are thrown out a lot. And by default, our message, we understand, is the gospel. Literally, we have the words that if we can share with people, and if they receive it, like, it can lead to like a life-altering change. It could lead to their salvation. And, and if you think about it, like there is no greater message to ever communicate on the face of the earth than the gospel, right? For to, No greater words exist than the gospel. And that's what we've been asked to deal with. That's what we've been asked to communicate. So then we got to ask ourselves, are our methods being chosen and developed in a way that does the message justice and also does the receiver justice, right? So it's not enough just to say, well, we have the gospel. Are we communicating that gospel in a cultural language that the people People, young adults in this case are able to actually stop and receive and stop and think about and start start to make their own and so our methods need to be filled with quality they need to be filled with intentionality we can't just say well this is what we've done for the past 10 years because in 10 years our culture has changed so rapidly we need to update our methods not our message but our method because the message is that important it's priceless and one of the examples I think about my own ministry is why traditionally are tabernacles made out of gold? We hear in scripture and all that, you know, in the ark, but basically because they house the presence of God, right? Should It's almost like a duh moment, right? Should there be anything else that God would be housed in other than this precious metal that is gold? Well, in that same way, shouldn't everything that surrounds our masses be made of gold, so to speak. Everything that surrounds our evangelistic efforts or that surrounds our, our message of the gospel be made out of gold. Out of the, And by that, I mean this quality of greatness, this striving for excellence, because the message itself deserves it. And the people are, are dying for it. And if we don't communicate in the right way, they're not going to be able to hear that message that we've been charged to give them. So can you elaborate a little bit more on 
specific methods, perhaps, to young adults? For sure. Well, um, I think, I think, Katie, you kind of touched on the idea of, of music. Music um, speaks, I think, to humanity in general, but especially young adults. It's such a, a passionate time of life. And, and I'm even John Paul II's Theology of the Body would speak to this idea that every human experience is that ability to experience something is in itself a gift from God meant to lead us to God. So the fact that I can, I can listen to a song and it somehow moves my heart is a God-given gift and its sole purpose is meant to lead me to God. Now, sure, the enemy has hijacked that, that working ability and can, can start to distort that truth in so many ways, but, but that ability to be inspired by art or to be drawn to beauty, that's a God-given tool meant to lead us home. The world uses that and leads us down these crooked paths to fill their bank accounts or to follow their agendas. But at the beginning, it's a default ability of human beings by God meant to lead us to him. And so the church, I think, needs to lean into that. And so the idea, when I say quality, I think quality really is seen in terms of beauty and in terms of the effort we put into something. Our teachings haven't changed in 2,000 years, and they never will, praise be to God. But our methods need to be beautiful. And by that how does the culture view music or how does the culture view art? How does the culture even just view hospitality? Sadly, you will find greater hospitality at a shopping mall than you will at most of our churches. I want to go to Mark sixteen fifteen and and move on to, to 18. He said to them, go in the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Now that has not changed. We were baptized to do that, to be priest, prophet, and king. We were baptized, we were confirmed to do that, to be warriors for Christ. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will pick up new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. If, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That means you have a lot of power, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to be Jesus in terms of actions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not Jesus, but we're the ambassadors of Jesus. We're the vessels. In fact, John 14, 12 says, Jesus said to us, you will do what I do and more because I go to the Father before you. So first and foremost, we're in a society of addictions. Mm -hmm. Pornography is rampant. Mm -hmm. Drug addiction, alcoholism, workaholicism, uh, whatever it is, thousands of addictions. And this says that um, we can drive out demons, and certainly we are in spiritual warfare in which these addictions certainly we bring on by ourselves, but they're often enhanced by Mm -hmm. demonic influences or uh, spiritual warfare. And the point of the matter is we have power. And young adults need to know that and to understand it. Your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I think as the bride of Christ, we have a little bit of an identity crisis. I once heard this priest, he said, um, how many of you think that the world thinks the bride of Christ is powerless? And, you know, they didn't really know how to answer that. And then he pointed out some examples where exactly the world does. And that's why the church is the butt of a joke. And that's why, you know, all these different things. You can see that the church is tossed around by the world's opinion. And, he, and then he came up and he said, but why should they think any differently? Because the church 
for all instant, all accounts actually looks like the world. We vote like the world. We talk like the world. We settle like the world. We we act like the world. And then he went in to talk about that's not the vision for the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is supposed to be filled with power, and we are supposed to be so drastically different than the world. And that doesn't happen from our own human ability. It happens because this Holy Spirit is in you, transforming you. And the Holy Spirit, I mean, the bride of Christ, isn't meant to just be another another lady walking down the street, right? We the bride of Christ is is the, the fulfillment of heaven on earth and, and that power should be attractive and it should be seen and it should be believed in. But as Catholics, I don't think I struggle with this and, and I, I yearn for that power of the Holy Spirit to be more and more active in my life. But on a general experience of the church, that's a foreign idea. You know, I, I think that's why I say we have an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. We don't realize that we've been given that power. And I love, I love to talk to teens and young adults about the book of Acts. It's not his, just a edifying book, but it's historically accurate. And this is the blueprints of the Catholic Church. You and I should be living like the book of Acts because it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same baptism. It's, it's the same gospel. It's the same same sacrament. The only thing that's changed in 2000 years since when that book was written is me. I'm the only variable in my hardness of heart or my receptivity of the Holy Spirit. And you are the variable and, and the young adults in the parish, the prisoners, they're the variable and, and the world needs the variable to change and to realize who she is as the bride of Christ. Amen. And, you know, power is so critical, Katie, when dealing with young adults that are so struggling with identity. You know, they're struggling with trying to find their way in corporate America, mm -hmm. trying to find their way financially, trying to find a way with their marriage or relationships or children or whatever it is. But they don't understand that Jesus has not left them orphans. They've given them the power of the Holy Spirit. They do have the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's accessible and we have to ask for it. But asking for something, it requires humility. I think when you have people in our Catholic faith in the church, you think you're strong, that you're invincible, that you're going to plow through life and you can do it on your own. Well, you're not showing your weakness. You're not showing your brokenness to the Lord. You're saying, I don't need you. And so when you say, I don't need you, Lord, and you're doing things your own way, well, how can you let the power of the Holy Spirit work in you? So I, I truly believe for me that God works so much more better when I'm at my weakest point. And I, I identify with like St. Therese of Lisieux and St. Bernadette and um, Blessed Mother Teresa because in their weakness, being so small, being women, they were so small, but they have such a great impact even after their death. There's such power because they were weak enough to let God in, and then they were able to be used in simple ways and in big ways. And so that's what's lacking is letting God in, letting the barriers down and opening your heart. Surrendering to Jesus Christ and understanding that and understanding that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. As we're talking, I, I can't help but think about um, in, in Acts when Jesus tells him, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And you mentioned, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit, that power is the word dynamite. And I think about dynamite is, is dangerous, right? Dynamite destroys obstacles in its way. And in the most 
perfect way. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be in our lives. This, this kind of uncontained power that's come to destroy our apathy or our struggles or our addictions, right? And, and the idea of being the witnesses to the ends of the earth, I think in order to be a witness, it means you actually had to experience, you had to witness that power in your life. Amen. And, and maybe a lot of our Catholics haven't quite come to that point of witnessing the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit in them. And so I think that receptivity is so important because we can't talk about and show the glory of God unless, I mean, if, if we let it change our lives, that's the most beautiful testimony these people could ever see. Amen. And, you know, the thing that really hits me is we talk about the good news of Jesus Christ, and I often will ask audiences, you know, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? Of course, I usually get silence, right? right? And then people kind of get the fact, well, he died on the cross for our sins, which, of course, is great news. Mm-hmm. That again, uh, John three sixteen. You know that God so loved the world, He gave us His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and whoever believes in Him will have eternal life, because He died and rose again for our sins, and that is great news. But it doesn't stop there. Yeah. It doesn't stop there. It's also about the daily news, good news, which in which Jesus broke the bonds of the devil, broke the bonds of sin, broke the bonds of addictions, my brothers and sisters, you are not alone. You are not alone. And it's so important to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why this show is called Empowered by the Spirit, to understand the power of the Holy Spirit to break addictions, to heal relationships, to heal the sick, to do all those things. And David, that is what the gospel is all about. Absolutely. I follow this particular priest on Twitter and he had tweeted out the excuse. I'm only human doesn't count if you're a Christian. And I had to stop and think about it. But what he meant is exactly that. Like, like we're not merely humans. Like we've been empowered with the Holy Spirit and we have this ability that is beyond the norm of humanity. We have a supernatural gifting in order to combat this evil, in order to be freed in Christ, in order to speak that into someone else's life. And as a church, if we were a little bit more trusting of who God sees us as and went out and encouraged to these young adults or to whoever to not only preach the gospel, but to come in power. Man, there's no way you can deny that when people are being healed, when people are being delivered, when people, I mean, in some places in this world are literally being raised from the dead. And like, that's the power like Jesus give, he, he gives us. And as a church, it's time we uh, kind of wake the sleeping beauty, right? Go out and live it. Amen. And, and we have a great opportunity with this new evangelization, wherever we are with young adults, with everybody, whether it be youth, older adults, young adults, whoever it might be to make a difference by showing them the power of the Lord in in our own lives and how Jesus has made a difference in really healing us. And Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for David and for Katie and for all young adults. And we're just asking, Lord God, to be instruments of your love, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with your power. May we share the love of Jesus Christ to those around us, whether they be youth or young adults or older. May we be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with your love. We say this through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that'll conclude another Power Pack podcast with our special guest, David Calavita. We just can't help but feel so energized every time David comes to visit us in the studio. And we've got to get him back soon so he can energize all of us. Because with everything going on in the world today, we surely need it. 
In closing, if this message has impacted your heart, then by all means, share away so that others may benefit also. For more information on this ministry, pop on over to spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve Greco and the Spirit-Filled Hearts team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.